0: well hello hello good morning everyone happy freedom friday to you
1: good morning good morning
0: good morning we are so blessed this morning to have a wonderful guest here and uh he's going to be speaking with us actually about fatherhood and uh, what it's really like to be a leader and how to be really impactful on a father and i really want to give him a great introduction And, um, you know, Happy Father's Day, by the way, to everyone that's out there, all the great dads out there. Happy Father's Day to you. And uh, so honored uh, to actually have Thatch win. And um, he is just wonderful. Uh, He's considered one of the most genuine, influential inspirers, for me at least, uh, that I have been graced to know. I've known him for about five, maybe six years now, or longer, maybe seven Uh, But his story is really amazing. Uh, He's known for real estate, but even more than that is his life in general, how he was raised, his story, um, incredible, humble things, and how he really took into his life and and also into the life of his family. And we're going to be talking about that today. And uh, welcome, uh, Thatch. Thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. Let's get this done. Let's do it.
0: (laughs) Yes, and happy uh, upcoming Father's Day to you, by the way.
1: Thank you, thank you, thank you.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes. So, Thatch, tell us a little bit about who you are in a nutshell. I know that's a very large, uh, sizable question, but who is Thatch Gwynn?
1: Who I am is... uh, a former refugee from Vietnam, my mom and dad, uh, all of us, we were born in Vietnam, and my dad used for the, worked for the U.S. military in Vietnam uh, in the '70s. And in 1975, I was born in 1970. In 1975, when I was about five, my dad uh, was at work and got a phone call from his boss and said that the Vietnamese communists is is going to invade South Vietnam, and so we're going to pull the troop out. So. You should come with us uh, to the U.S. Otherwise, if you stay here, you might get killed. And so my dad called home and told my mom to pack up uh, what we got um, and get the kids and everything. And we're going to leave Vietnam to America. Uh, my mom was 29. My dad was 34. Um, we had one suitcase for all of us, uh, for eight of us, and uh, 100 bucks. And we went by trying to pick up all my aunt and all my cousins to, so they can come with us to U.S., but none of them was home. Uh, So we had to leave them, and uh, we left out of the last plane out of Vietnam, uh, landed in uh, San Diego. We stayed in the homeless shelter out there uh, for a few months, and then we got shipped up to Washington State, stayed in a homeless shelter in Tacoma, Washington uh, for a few months until we got sponsored by a gentleman named Charles Zelt and his mom to go live with their family, his family, um, and we lived there. And then eventually we moved up to Seattle, which is 45 minutes north of uh, where we used to live, uh, with Charles. And um, I grew up in Seattle, you know, what I mean? the most diverse zip code today. And, um, you know, as a refugee, and, you know, we had, you know, we was, you know, just like everybody else, went to the food bank, you know, and, and, uh, you know, collect the block cheese, the big cereal box. And I grew up, you know, uh, uh, going to school, uh, you know, just in this area. And, um, you know, I had multiple jobs when I was young, two paper routes, you know, uh, picking strawberries in the fields, um, working at Safeway to just help out with the house. And then eventually in, um, when I graduated from 88 in high school, uh, I went to college to fix aviation airplane. I graduated in 91 and I didn't really like fixing airplane cause my brother and those guys, they did it. And I thought that was, you know, like, Hey, my brother did it. I, I do it. But the tip I would tell a lot of people is, you know, just follow your passion. Don't do what your family wants you to do. And, um, and then when I graduated 91, I didn't like it, and um, I decided to pursue uh, real estate. And so today, um, that's my passion, is doing real estate, sales, investing, and developing. That,
0: that's actually absolutely wonderful. And I know that sometimes you share a little bit about how you washed cars, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, when you got, yes. And if you can just kind of touch a little bit, I think that story is really uh, kind of relevant and to how you were initially inspired uh, to go into the-, the better life. And you saw the big dream when the, the nice uh, business owners would drive up in their vehicles and you'd be, you know, the the first to run out and get that car before anyone else that worked there got it. And you would just sit in it and really visualize and and, and feel what it's like to, to sit in a luxury vehicle. For Can sure. you touch a little bit on that? Yep.
1: <clears throat> so when when I was in high school, um, well, actually, when I, when I graduated from high school, I was going to college and I was working at Safeway and I was working at a body shop. And I was also working at a Chinese restaurant parking cars, and so uh, as I was going to school to get my aviation license, I was I used to work around all these cars, and and so of course at the body shop I used to see all a lot of nice cars coming in. We used to, I used to work on it, but I used to work, I used to park cars at the Chinese restaurant, and so every time these nice cars would come in, I used to drive these nice cars and take them to the parking lot, and that's you know and of course. Um, you know, of course, when I was younger, I, I think I was wired, you know, to realize, man, I like to have nice stuff. You know, no one told me back then I couldn't have it. So I was dreaming. And uh, so every time I drive these nice cars, I used to always appreciate it, love it. And I told myself one day I'm going to have one of these cars. You know what I mean? I was only making at the time five bucks an hour working parking cars. And I was only making like six bucks, seven bucks uh, working at a body shop and like 10 bucks working at a Safeway. And this is like in uh, 1991. And so that was some of my exposure just around nice stuff, you know what I mean? Nice cars. Uh, But I think the biggest thing for me is nobody back then told me I couldn't do it. I think today a lot of people tell people they couldn't do it, don't do it, hurt themselves. And I think that's probably one of the hardest, hardest damper on someone's manifestation.
0: Absolutely. And as we all know, mindset is everything, what we believe we actually uh, achieve and attract. Achieve and ach- achieve yeah. and attract in our lives. That is That's definitely right. so true. And you are a, an example of that. And one other thing that that comes up really quick for me is the way you, you speak about how uh, when you got into real estate. To touch on that a little bit, how when you first met the agent or the bro- yep. the first broker, he would take you around, and and you said, "Well, you know, how can I?" Uh, you know, had the money and and all this. And and he told you exactly what to do. And you said, I would work 10 times harder than any agent in your office. Just teach me what I need to do. And I'll go up, knock on a hundred doors, whatever. And I guess coming from where you came from, speaking of mindset, that was nothing to you based um, uh, in reference to what you've seen beforehand.
1: Yeah, I mean, coming from Vietnam and coming over here, living in the homeless shelter, uh, with my family. And then when we finally got our own rental house, it was a two bedroom, one bath house for eight of us. You know, and the window was all moldy. And in the wintertime, we have a river run through the basement. And so that that was that was definitely, you know what I mean, not a nice house. But Texas, it was a palace compared to living in the homeless shelter and living in Vietnam, right? And so when I got into real estate at 20, uh, 21, and this mentor said, hey, you're the youngest agent. You know, I'm not sure, you know, we could hire you. And I told him, look, my, my dad worked as a, as a social worker. We got a lot of Vietnamese people in this area. And, you know what I mean? I, I, I'm going to outwork everybody. So if you really, you know, give me the chance, I'll do it. And so um, I, went and tra- I went and saw this real estate mentor, the other real estate mentor. He trained me. He said, look, if you really want to be successful in this business, you, you know, there are two things you can do. One, you can sit around waiting for somebody to come to you. But the problem is that if every time you wait for something, it's hard to duplicate it and repeat it. Right. And it's not scalable. And then but the other way you can do it, you can actually go out there and find them yourself. And in real estate, you got a cold call and doorknob. If you wanted to do that, you can be successful. And I said, man, I do it. And the guy said, all right, I want you to memorize these scripts. Right. I want you to make a hundred flyers and I want you to go door knock and pass out a hundred flyers a day, five days a week. right?" And I'm like, that's it. I was like, all right. I didn't realize how hard it was because after you go, after you did it for a few months you realize, you know what I mean, that it's tougher than it is. It's more of a tougher mindset toughness versus a physical toughness, right? But I don't knock 100 doors a day, five days a week, five hours a day for 10 years straight. And after my third year doing it, I became a millionaire, knocking on 100 doors a day, every single day for 10 years.
0: Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And now we have people that kind of – Shy away from it today, and you've proven it That's over right. and over again that it works. Hard work definitely works, so yeah, thank you for sharing that. And and getting into dads, I know you know you, you really have a lot of um uh, motivation with uh your, your dad and um his in, impact that he's had on your yep. life. And you mentioned him a lot, and he's part of your motivation to keep going That's forward. Right. and Of course, he was unfortunately sick. And you were able through real estate financially to keep him alive uh, a lot That's longer right. uh, than what what he uh, would have probably experienced otherwise. And you can touch on that a little bit, but I just really want to go into the impact because I know you're hardly driven by your father and his impact on youth. So we could start there. Yeah.
1: You know, my dad, um, you, know, you know, when I think about it like this. So my dad who's 34. My mom is 29. Here he is working in Vietnam. And all of a sudden his boss says, we're leaving Vietnam. If you come with us, your family can be safe and you, if you stay here, you are probably not going to make it out alive. Do you think about a 34 years old you got a wife and you got a family of six kids and all the kids that left that left, you know, the youngest one was my mom was pregnant. My sister My my youngest brother was only like probably three, and then my oldest is probably seven. So here we are about to evacuate Vietnam and leave Vietnam forever. No one even know when we're going to come back. And at 29 and 34, you think about that's that's crazy mindset, right? And so my dad, think about for him to take the family out with no money, other $100, and we're going to have to land in the United States and start over. Nobody speak no English, Okay. I, I only can imagine my dad thinking like, what the hell? You know, I mean? how are we going to do this? Right. And so when he got here, he was a social worker and he was the only one who worked. My mom would stay home, took care of us and he worked pretty much all his life. And so, um, you know, when he got older, you know what I mean? And I started to make some money. Right. I used to see how hard my dad, my mom and dad worked, And so I had to go when I was making money. I used to, the first thing I did was I used to always take my mom and dad and my wife, Cammy's mom and them to go on vacation. And I was, as I make more money, I'll take him on vacation and I made more money. I told my dad that I'm gonna pay off your house. So I paid off their house. And then eventually my dad always liked nice car, but he couldn't have afford it. So I bought him a new Mercedes Benz, right? And so one day I get a phone call uh, from my dad. And I said, hey, can you come over to the house? Uh, but leave, you know, can be at home. So I go over to the house. And I walk upstairs and then my mom and dad sitting on the sofa and they have these sad faces. And I'm like, what's wrong with you guys? What's going on? And they gave me this letter and I read the letter and it said, blah, blah, blah. And then it said cancer. And from there I was like, shit, you know what I mean? Like all this money I got, I can't even help my dad. And so, um, you know, I took him to the hospital, right. You know, to go see doctor and doctor said the tumor is big. And I said, look, man, I got 5 million bucks, do whatever it takes. I don't care. Give him whatever you got to give him, whatever we got, wherever we got to fly for the best hospital, we we'll do it. You know what I mean? I don't care. Let's get it done. And, um, you know, we gave him everything he could, you know, and he lived for about six months and then, then he died. And, uh, I remember, um, he, um, he passed away, um, in the room with me and I told my dad, look, you ain't, you ain't got to worry about it. Like, if, if it's painful, you just leave I got you covered I'm gonna take care I'm gonna take care of mom you do not get to worry about it I'll take care of everybody and then about five minutes later he passed away
0: thank you for sharing that thatch and and there's a lot to be learned in that a whole lot and uh, it's um you know with uh, with Father's Day coming up, these types of things really surface, and we we have to stop sometimes and smell the roses. And I think that this is really what this is about. And with that part of his story, and that's why I, I chose him, um, and it was actually kind of a, a divine uh, direction to actually reach out to him for this particular um, weekend and, and season and, and, and time. So I appreciate you sharing that. I know it's a very touching story and, and your dad is with you 100%. Uh, and everyone that knows you knows how important it is for you to live out the best freaking life you can for your dad because he stood up for you and, and everything and, and, and your mom and, and your brothers and sisters and and, and you, the, the least you can do uh, that's that's your your your, your position right. the space that you live in and i think that that's really something that we all can learn from um and i appreciate you sharing that
1: let me share this with you too a lot of yes. people they might believe this might not believe it in my culture we believe it so when my dad passed away um in my culture um they have a lot of people that have spiritual uh things so like if anybody ever followed abraham hicks abraham hicks is what they call a trans a trans um uh, what's the word i want to use um transmitter where she Mm -hmm. has to transmit uh, higher power people or people through and then they speak through her. So my aunt has that same ability, right? And I've seen it many, many times live in my own house that my aunt will go into a very, uh, you know, meditation state. And then all of a sudden, somebody will come through her and then they will speak through her voice. But it'd be a whole different voice to come out of her mouth. And, uh, and, uh, so I have seen that many, many, many times in my mm-hmm. own family. And I remember mm-hmm. asking her, you know, why did my dad leave so early? You know what I mean? He's so young. He's only 65 years old. And they said, well, your dad was sick and, um, and he's up in age. And so, um, so, you know, he decided to, uh, leave early, um, but he wanted to pass the baton to you so you can go out there and do his work and make a difference to the world. And since you're younger, you can make a bigger impact to more people. And that's why today I have his baton. And that's why I'm out there making a difference to many, many people out there, especially my own boys.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. And he's very, very proud of you. I know about a mediumship. Uh, That's one of the gifts I actually have. And it's very real. And uh, yeah, thank you for sharing that as well on on a more uh, level. Um, and getting into your boys, tell us a little bit about your boys, um, their names, how old they are, anything you'd like to share.
1: Yeah, so uh, my oldest boy now is 14. He just graduated from eighth grade here this week, right? And I have a second boy named Hudson, and he's like 13 years old. And so, you know, one of the things that I want to make sure that I teach my boy when I grow up is to learn how to live a life by design versus life by default. Whatever they want to ever manifest, they can have. We don't want to give them anything. So I already told my two boys that when mommy and daddy passed away, all the money that we have, we're going to give you a little bit of money so you guys can you know, kickstart whatever you're going to do. But the rest of the money, mommy and daddy's going to donate to charity. And we want to do that because we don't want to actually cripple you guys. We want to actually help you. And so that give you help you be hungry go out there and learn how to design and design and design and manifest what you want versus sitting around waiting for the wealth from from us. So um so my kids know that when I have passed away, they don't have none of the money, they're gonna have very little of the money. The rest of it gonna go to charity and they they at their age now they learn how to create, right? They want they write goals, they manifest things, they ask for things, and they just work at it. And that's the biggest lesson I want to teach them. and the biggest way to teach them is, me, I have to actually live it myself, lead by example. I have to I write my own goals. I will show them our goals. We write down our goal. I showed them the first goal I ever wrote was in 1994. And I have all the goals i written, 94, all the way to today, every year. And they read it and they see it. And so I said, you guys got to do the same thing. So we've been working with them on that whole thing. And the biggest thing is, I just want them to learn how to live life by design and they can create anything they want because they're the creator of their own destiny.
0: Yes, absolutely. And that was, kind of leads me into uh, my next question is what do you think is uh, the most important role that a father has in his children's life as it relates I, to you?
1: Yeah. I think the biggest thing from my own experience, the biggest thing that you can do for your child is to make sure whatever you Preaching to them, you got to make sure you're walking it and doing it and being it yourself. Otherwise, they never listen to you. They'll listen to some other people. You ever heard people say, You know, I, I always be telling them that, but he never listen to me. But then you tell them the same thing over here at Thatcher, my boy, listen to you. And I always want to say to the people, The reason why, bro, because you don't walk the damn shit. You tell them all mm-hmm. this, don't smoke, don't do this, but you're smoking. You tell them go exercise, but you don't exercise. You tell them go out there and do this, but you don't do this. The best thing you can do to your kids, I don't care if it's boys or girls, if you want them to be healthy, you got to be healthy. If you want them to be loving, you got to be loving. If you want them to be giving person, you got to be a giving person. If you want them to be a big thinker, you got to be a big thinker, and you can't be complacent. That's the thing people forget. That's, you gotta lead by example, folks.
0: Exactly. I, I totally agree. And like you say, we're you know, do as I say, not as I do, yes. so to speak. That doesn't work long that term. Doesn't, we have to actually do, you know, practice what we preach.
1: I'm a big believer that you don't need to tell nobody, just share with them. And that's how if you ever follow, if you ever, you know, everything you've been knowing me everything i have ever told people is something i share what i do something what it works for me so it's people will listen when you share with them but people don't listen when you tell them something
0: Mm -hmm. absolutely and uh, one of your biggest things and i think the heart space that you come from also is to do things selflessly that's right and i i've been i've been not preaching But really, sharing that so much, and it's become really um, instilled in a part of my life as well, is to not have you know secret private agendas when we really truly come from the heart, and sometimes not even expecting anything in return. And and learn to be you know be in the space of servanthood, uh, selflessly. How did what? When did you come to that realization? And what? How did that become real to you?
1: Yeah. So um, so as I was coming up. Um, I was doing well, but I wasn't very spiritual enlightened and I was working hard. I was making money, but it seemed like it felt like a grind and it seemed hard. Right. And it just when the older you get, it just, you know, it just, it just doesn't feel easy. And I got exposed to Abraham Hicks about probably 15, 20 years ago. And Abraham would mm-hmm. always say, you can live a life of grind." Or you can live a life of a line when you're aligned, it yes. come easy and flow. But if you live a life of grind, you can produce results. But it's just a grind that's heavy and it, and, and it weighs you down. So, yes. the more I spend time doing that, right, and the more I start to understand the spiritual aspect, then um, I realize that I don't want to live a life of grind, I want to live a life of a, of a line. And so, um, we, we could, my friend Matthew Ferry and I created this this law that's called the law of contribution. And mm-hmm. we say that the law of contribution is that the level of your success and happiness is in direct proportion to the number of people you serve selflessly. So I teach that to my boys and I say, look, y'all wanna actually have success and happiness and a lot of money, go out there and figure out what other people need and want and go and help them with no agenda. And when you mm-hmm. do that, you're going to create a lot of advocate, supporter, believer, and follower. And if you have a lot of advocate, believer, believer and follower in your, in your corner, then any golden dream that you want, it become easy. Nothing is possible because nothing's impossible because you got a million. Like Oprah Winfrey had millions of advocates, supporter, believer, and followers. And that's why when she hit sin, right, many, many things can happen. You know what I mean? And so the mm-hmm. key in the world I, I always say, is go out there and give, right? And help people and contribute to them with no agenda, right? And by yes. by doing that, you're going to create a lot of advocate, believe, follower. And then when you got goals and dreams that you want to achieve, you got a lot of people behind you that's going to help you manifest that.
0: Absolutely. Just by way of attraction, by default. That's it. Um, pretty much. Mm hmm. And to live that aligned life instead of grinding, going against the that's ground. That's right. And, and that's one thing my father and and most of anyone who follows me on Facebook knows the impact, the positive impact that my father had on me. And that's one thing that he would always teach me in terms of, of that. And one example that he would use uh, really briefly is when you're cutting into um, a piece of meat for those of, of us who eat meat, um, you, there's a way to to cut it as, as a butcher would do, um, the grind or against it. That's right. I I really stuck with me and I, I kind of tucked it into my back pocket, but the older I got, the more I realized what that really meant. Everything is metaphoric as we know, and esoteric, not really literal. So when you really think about that concept, if you cut any type of anything with texture, If you're going the wrong way, it's just going to, you know, frizzle up and and ruffle up and maybe parts will fly anywhere. And and it's harder to cut it that way. Way. It is. It is.
1: And it's it's harder to cut it that way. Right? Versus (laughs) Uh the other way, it's just an easy slice.
0: Slice. That was like, you know, 10 times easier than going the other way. Exactly. So that that tells you right there that that's the way that it should should be. And we can really take that and and install it. In, in a area life area of our life. Uh-huh, yeah, exactly.
1: This, this is how That's I would simple. say it. If it's hard, that means you guys are cutting. The, if it's hard in your life, that means whatever you're doing, you are cutting the, the your life in the opposite grain. So if mm-hmm. you're in a relationship where well, there's a grind, consider it, it might not be the right relationship because you're cutting the, in the wrong gr- line. Mm-hmm. If a relationship is really flowing, that I mean that it, it's the right one. Making money exact same way. Relationship with your kid, the exact same way. If it's a grind, you're moving away from it. If it's a a line and easy, you're moving toward what you want is easy. That's that's the indicator.
0: Wow. That 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 concept right there just sums up so much, you know, of, of the unnecessary things that we deal with in life or Like you said, you you brought in some other different areas of life where we can kind of um, look at the same thing you know nothing should really that's be it. a grind of course we have op- obstacles and, and different things that we have to learn from uh, at, within our, our learning and e- involvement process but nothing should just be like a total grind towards deleting it. our energy and, and things that's of it. that nature that's <laughs> it i gotta tell you yes. one i gotta tell you one last so, thing well, i want to wow, tell you one last yeah, thing that
1: really please. was a big awakening for me okay <laughs> so of course yes this is for a lot of you out there that out helping other people, okay? So as I was coming up and I was out been asked to speak at many different functions, many different events, many different podcasts. And I was doing a lot of stuff there, going out there and making a different, making different. And at the time my boy was young. They were like probably five and three, right? And I was out busy, you know, traveling, speaking. And and this is where I wanted to share this with you because I think it's gonna bring home to what why you asked me to be here. And this is why today is important to me. But I remember doing all this and then my wife said to me, honey, I think it's great that you're out there speaking to all these people out there and making a difference to them, but just don't forget about me and the two boys.
0: Mm. Yes. And that's why today
1: wow. it's important for me that whatever I am being and I'm sharing in the world, that I make sure that my kids understand it too and I'm teaching them the same thing I'm teaching other people. That's wow,
0: that, that's absolutely beautiful. That's, that's fatherhood. Mm. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, th- this is a moment really of, of silence and, and, and presence with that, what you just uh, expressed. Yeah. And, and Cammie being a mother, you know, of course, this podcast isn't about the mother's, uh, you know, dynamic in, in the family unit. But definitely, she plays a huge right. role in, you know, everything that goes on in your life and, and your, your you guys' children's life as well. Right. Well, uh, that's if there were three things that you would want to leave behind, or moving forward, actually, not so much behind, for your boys, what would those top three things be in order to continue for
1: Uh, I think the biggest thing that uh, I want to leave my boys is that whatever you focus on, you attract. Okay? Whatever you, um, 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 you want, anything is possible. Okay? And then, of course, make sure you live the law of contribution. I want them to know that anything is possible, whatever you focus on, you attract and you live a life of contribution, right? The level of your success and happiness is in direct proportion to the number of people you serve selflessly, you're going to be successful. Not this not in money, but in everything else to come with it.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Wow, how touching. I try not to get emotional in, in podcasts, but this is a very uh, special one for me. Um, any any words of encouragement that you would like to leave with our audience today, Batch, on any level or space?
1: Uh, if, you, if you have never followed Abraham Hicks, definitely go and follow them. right? That's where my whole journey of spiritual started for me. I learned a lot from that. And I think the biggest thing is the best way. For all of us to uplift other people is we got to make sure we light our own light up bright. And so as we are beaming our light out into the world, then we are going to inspire other people to brighten up their light. So we don't have to worry about lighting up anybody else's light. We just got to make sure that we light our own light first. And everybody else will brighten their light after that. So each one of us out there in this world, especially with all the chaos going on, each one of us got to make sure that we spend the time... Lighting up our own light, going after, our own, chasing after our own goals and dreams. Chase after it, manifest it, be an example of what's possible. Go get it, shine your light, manifest what you want, because that is what we can do for everybody. We are taking responsibility in our own life. Go take responsibility in your own life. Go after your goals, achieve it, shine your light bright, and then beam it into the ocean. And any boat that's out there that need help out there, they will see our light. The goal is to have millions of people on the beach, Standing firm, shining their light out there in the world, and any boat out there in the ocean that need help, they will see us. We don't have to go chasing up and down the beach to get them. They will see if everyone takes responsibility and lighting their own light up by chasing up their own goals and dreams and manifesting it. And that's how we're going to make a difference out there for everybody out there in the world, folks.
0: Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you so much, Thatch. And if anyone would like to reach out to you, connect with you, uh, how can they get a hold of you? What what is your contact information?
1: Yep, the best way to catch me, you guys, you guys can get catch follow me on Instagram. It's just my name Thatch Win, T H A C H. Last name is N G U Y E N. You can follow me on Instagram. I post a lot of inspiration up on Instagram, and you can follow me on Facebook and TikTok. Those are the three social platforms that I'm on, and I drop different inspirational content and all three of those platforms. So come check it out.